The sermon preached at St. John's Evangelical Lutheran Church of Hancock, Minnesota on January 11, 2015, based on Mark 1, verses 4 through 11. Grace and peace to you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The word from God, through which the Holy Spirit draws us to Jesus, is Mark, chapter 1, the gospel for today. And so John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him. Confessing their sins, they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. John wore clothing made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. And this was his message. After me comes the one more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. At that time Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my Son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. This is the word of our Lord. Dear friends in Christ, fellow saints, washed clean in the blood of our risen Savior. Cardell Jones started the year as a third-string quarterback. But after the two ahead of him were injured, he made his first college start in the Big Ten championship game. Not many gave his team much of a chance. How good could a third-string quarterback be? But he led his team to a 59 to nothing victory over Wisconsin, and he was named MVP of the game. And that wasn't the end of the story. Next, his team faced the number one ranked Alabama football team. And again, he now made his second college start, and they won that game. And tomorrow night, he leads Ohio State against, or in, in the national championship game. Cardell Jones, that third-string quarterback. Now, in the sporting world, substitutes are rarely as good as the starters. That's why they're the subs. And that's why Cardell Jones' story sounds like a Cinderella story for us. But as the Bible so often does, it takes an idea that we know well, like substitution, and brings home to us a much deeper truth. You see, dear friends, Jesus is our substitute. Now, it wasn't that we were doing well, but then got injured, and so he had to come in for us. And it isn't that, well, we had a, a bad streak and so needed a break. No. When you look at our game record, on our own we are complete and utter failures continuously all the time. Jesus came in for us. He came as our substitute to stand in our place completely, entirely. Jesus 
is your substitute. And unlike in the sporting world, Jesus is the best, the greatest there ever was or will be. He is the best substitute ever. That's the theme we want to focus on here this morning. Jesus is the best substitute ever. For he comes in for all sinners, even the worst. That's part one. And he makes us winners against the adversary. That's part two. Now the text here begins, And so John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. You see how clearly that lays out the goal or, or purpose of baptism? It's for the forgiveness of sins. Baptism brings forgiveness. Therefore, Jesus was baptized because he needed forgiveness. And I didn't misspeak there. You heard me correctly. Jesus was baptized because he needed forgiveness. But pastor, you might want to object, but pastor, Jesus didn't have any sins. He is the sinless Son of God. He, we just celebrated his birth as the holy child of Bethlehem. Not even his enemies could prove him guilty. The Bible is very clear that Jesus never sinned. And you are right. Jesus is the sinless Son of God. He never sinned, not even once. Yet he nevertheless needed forgiveness, not for his own sin, since he had none, but for all the sins that had been counted against him. That's how thoroughly he became our substitute. He is the best substitute ever because he came in for all sinners, even the worst. He substituted himself in the place of every sinner, and that means that all the sins of the world were laid on him, counted against him, marked on his record. That's how thoroughly he became our substitute. He came in. He took our place as our substitute and so identified with us that he submitted to baptism as if he himself had committed those sins our sins that were counted against him. What a wonder. What a miracle. What a wonder of his love. Do you see how thoroughly, how fully he identified with us? He took our place and so thoroughly became our substitute so that our sins counted against him. Jesus takes our place. He is our substitute. And yet we, we so easily hear that word substitute and, and don't let it soak in. We don't value the depth of Jesus' love that is in that word. And what a sin that is. For you see, sin is not just those big things that make the news, those big bad things. We sin when we fail to fully and continually appreciate and treasure the depth of God's love for us in Christ Jesus, all that he has done for us. 
And if that doesn't seem like all that big of a sin, realize that that failure isn't simply harming another human being. That failure is snubbing the Almighty God Himself. How great our sin. It is a sin. A sin that we cannot make up for. This isn't simply a twisted ankle or even a broken leg. This is not an injury, that, but, but a fatal wound. Sin is a fatal wound, a deadly disease, a death sentence, incurable. But Jesus is your substitute. Jesus came in for you, dear friend, for he came in for all sinners, even the worst. He is the best substitute ever. Your sins, every last one of them were counted against him. And he was baptized because he needed the forgiveness, not for anything he had done, but for your sins and mine. That's how he uh, so identified with us. He submitted to baptism because he needed forgiveness for all the sins of the world, every last one of them. He is the best substitute ever. But how? How could this washing with water bring forgiveness? Yeah, yes, Acts 4, well, chapter 1, verse 4 here talks about that, promises that it's a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins, but what gives baptism the power to forgive? Well, just as Jesus' baptism marks the beginning of his earthly ministry, the answer to that question takes us to the end of his earthly ministry. Why does baptism forgive sins? Because of Jesus' holy blood poured out on the cross for you. That's the power. His baptism shows him substituting himself for you and me and all sinners. And the cross shows the result of that. Jesus had himself counted among the sinners. He became sin for us. And on the cross, he suffered the punishment our sins had earned for us. Because he substituted himself in our place, he died. He died as the punishment we had justly deserved. He died so that his holy, precious, sinless blood pays for all the sins of the world. For all the sins of the world, yours and mine and every other sin of the world were laid on him, the holy, spotless, sinless Lamb of God. And he carried them to the cross. That's what it means that he is our substitute. We see that at his baptism. We see that on the cross. And what great good news. For you see, all this that Jesus has done is yours. It became yours at your baptism. For you were baptized into Christ. You became his. And he became yours. 
He is your substitute. Your sins became His, and His forgiveness became yours. He is your substitute. Your failures became His, and His victory became yours. How much for us to ponder and give thanks for as we value and treasure Jesus' baptism, that He came in our place, that He came in as our substitute, for He came in for every sinner, even the worst. Jesus is the best substitute ever. And what's more, through faith in Him, you have the victory which makes us winners as well. And that brings us to the second part here today. Jesus is the best substitute ever because he makes us winners against the adversary. Now, think back and recall what Jesus did after his baptism. Mark tells us in the verses after the text here, at once the Spirit sent Jesus out into the desert and he was in the desert 40 days being tempted by Satan. That name Satan means adversary, and he is our adversary as well, isn't he? You know the outcome of those 40 days. Jesus defeated every temptation. He did not sin, not even once. As true God, he of course had power over Satan. But remember that during his earthly ministry, he did not make full use of that divine power. He faced temptation as true man, so that he was tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. He faced the temptation. And as he faced Satan's temptation, he could think back to his baptism and what happened there. He could think back and remember, so that he, his human nature, was strengthened to withstand the adversary and to win the victory. Satan began his temptations with the words, if you are the Son of God, insinuating that there was some doubt about that. Jesus could remember what happened at his baptism and say, yes, I am the Son of God. I can know that with all sureness and certainty because the Father himself spoke from heaven and said, You are my Son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. And Jesus could remember the Holy Spirit descending as a dove and know that the Holy Spirit was powerfully at work within him, strengthening his human nature to resist the temptations one after another. And Jesus won the victory. He is the winner. He is the winner. And in baptism, he makes you and me the winners against this adversary. So dear friends, dear Christian friends, remember your baptism as you face the temptations that come as we travel through the wilderness of this life. Remember that you have been baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. That's why we don't stick the baptism font in a corner somewhere and only bring it out when there's a baby to baptize. It's here, front and center, to remind us every Sunday to help us remember our baptism. For in baptism, Jesus makes us winners against the adversary. When Satan tempts you to doubt God's love, 
when your sins seem too big to be forgiven, when you feel isolated and alone and even abandoned by those closest to you. Remember your baptism. You have been baptized into Christ. And through that water and word, the Father adopted you into his family, washing away all of your sins. The Father said through that water and word, the Father himself said that you are his child. And so as you remember your baptism, say to yourself, I am God's own child. For he has given me rebirth into his family through baptism. He says to me, you are my son my daughter, you are dearly loved by me and I will take care of you for I have washed your sins away and adopted you into my family through faith in Jesus. You are my dear child. Nothing can separate you from my love. You are family. Remember your baptism. When Satan tempts you, to give in to sin. When you feel too weak to resist or uh, to resist the bad or, or when the good that God has prepared for you to do seems too difficult, remember your baptism. You have been baptized into Christ. Yes, like John, the, the pastor who baptized you only had the power in himself to pour water. But as he poured that water and spoke that word of God, Jesus himself was pouring out the Holy Spirit on you. That's what John refers to here. It talks about when he says, I baptize you with water. That's all that the power he had. And yet that water and word was much more because referring to Jesus, he says, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And even as the Holy Spirit descended at Jesus' baptism, the Holy Spirit filled you at your baptism. He is actively at work in you, strengthening your new self to say no to sin. He is actively at work in you to will and to act according to God's good purpose. Don't resist the Holy Spirit or, or frustrate His effort. Rather, fan the flame with God's word and sacraments. Remember your baptism. And when Satan tempts you to neglect the words of your Savior, to wander away from him or to take his work for you for granted, again, remember your baptism. You have been baptized into Christ. He came as your substitute. And what a substitute he is. Not even John, the great forerunner of the Savior. Not even John was worthy to stoop down and untie the sandal. So great is Jesus. And yet, our great God and Savior, the eternal Son of the Father, stooped down to be your substitute and mine. Believe and do not doubt. Sinner though you are, He came as your substitute. For He came. He came in for all sinners, even the worst. And he makes you a winner against the adversary, 
Satan himself. So keep on believing. Keep on believing so that you do not lose the victory that Jesus has won for you. For without faith in him, without faith in his work as our substitute, all is lost. But through faith in Jesus, you have the victory. Believe that he is the best substitute ever. Amen. Please stand. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.